I realized in my retirement, what I loved about European Wax Center was the beginning. I loved growing it. I loved learning. I loved making changes and we could implement them tomorrow. European Wax Center got so big that simple changes took six months to make. And that started to frustrate me and stifle me. And that's why I retired five years ago. I retired two years before my brother, just because, and I explained to him, the business is too slow for me and I need to move faster. And so when I got the opportunity to work with Doug, it was actually more attractive to me that he only had one location than if he would have had 20 or 50 or 100. It was more attractive to me that he had only one and I could be a part of modifying, growing, adapting, and doing all the fun stuff that I loved about business to begin with. Welcome to Franchise Empires, where aspiring entrepreneurs learn exactly what it takes to become a successful franchise owner from one location to 10 and beyond. I'm the Wolf of Franchises. Hey everyone, it's The Wolf. Today on the show, we have Josh Koba and Doug Payne. Josh and Doug are colleagues from European Wax, which Josh founded and took public within the last few years. Meanwhile, Doug has also worked with major franchises like Orange Theory and Massage Envy, in addition to being a multi-unit franchise owner for European Wax under Josh. Today's episode, Doug leads the show where he's recently started Ohm Fitness, a new boutique fitness brand that he believes has the potential to be the fastest growing franchise ever. Take a listen to both Josh and Doug and their wealth of franchise experience. Hope you enjoy. The Wolf of Franchises is the CEO of Wolfpack Franchising, as well as a creator at Workweek Media. All opinions expressed by the Wolf and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Wolfpack Franchising or Workweek. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. The Wolf, Workweek and Wolfpack Franchising may maintain positions in the franchises discussed on this podcast. So between the two of you, Doug and Josh, both have a ton of experience uh, in the franchise world. Uh, I think maybe a good place to start and, you know, whoever wants to take it, feel free to jump in. Uh, just, you know, how did you guys meet um, and, and how did this kind of personal and professional relationship begin? Yeah, I guess I could uh, I can kick off. You know, I was working at Massage Envy a long time ago. You know, we would often go out and attend trade shows. And at one of the trade shows, Josh and his brother, Dave, were in attendance and they were talking about franchise opportunities with European Wax Center. And um, it was very intriguing. So I went back to Scottsdale uh, after the trip and we had conversations. Uh, my friend Dave Long and I had conversations about what uh, the Coba family was doing. It was very exciting. And there was an exit event that had just taken place at Massage Envy, which afforded us the opportunity to maybe uh, move on to other opportunities. And so we did just that. And that was in 2008, I believe, Josh, right, where we, uh, we got started with European Wax Center first. Um, internally helping them with some franchisor systems. But then eventually, about a year and a half later, my wife, Jackie, and I acquired licenses for European Wax Center. And we kind of went all in on the Coba family and the vision. And uh, Jackie and I actually opened up the first franchise location for European Wax Center outside of the state of Florida. And we did that right in Scottsdale, Arizona. Ironically, it shares a wall with the very first Ohm Fitness that was open. So it's a pretty neat full circle story for, for Jackie and I, and, and I think for Josh as well. Yeah, it certainly was uh, touching to me. Aside from my journey, obviously, I wouldn't have invested in Ohm if I thought that it was just next door to European Wax Center. But it certainly was an additional nugget for me that made me think about 
you know, it felt right. Just felt right. Same shopping plaza, same, same people. I've loved Doug. I've had such a great relationship with Doug over the years. It started out as professional and he was working on the corporate office, then as a franchisee, but mostly as a friend. And we've been uh, joking and texting and laughing with each other for now 15 years. And it's, and it's just been amazing. So, you know, when he afforded me this opportunity to invest in his company, once I had done my diligence, I jumped right in. Yeah, no, that's great. And, uh, you know, um, maybe Josh, right? So could you kind of, uh, give us an idea of just um before the ohm investment you know what it was like building european wax and uh you know maybe some things you've learned that make you excited about ohm well certainly european wax center was uh an ongoing learning experience both my brother and i are high school graduates neither of us went to college we didn't have franchise experience but something that we did that i think is really special that probably a lot of franchises don't do is my brother and I, the first year we were franchising in 2003, we purposely only awarded five locations and we spent time with that trying to learn our new business, which was franchising. We were in the wax business and that's an individual business, but franchising is a whole new business. No matter what you're franchising, that's a business in itself. So we purposely only franchised five locations and spent almost three, four years determining what the needs of the franchisees were. What do they need to get the store open? What does it cost? What is it to train them? What's the ongoing support? How do we put together the marketing system to make sure that all ads are approved? And we spent three years working with five franchisees, literally learning every single thing we needed to do. Then right about the time that we met, met Doug, that was actually my first trade show. I had never gone to a trade show. It was my first trade show. We did that and we met Dave Long. And like Doug said, it slowly went from there. In terms of lessons learned, I tell my friends all the time, I didn't go to college, but my education was very expensive. <laughs> because, you know, when you take a business from zero to over a thousand locations and you don't have any experience to do that, there's a lot of learnings along the way. That said, I'm pretty confident that we can avoid 98% of those, uh, you know, challenges that we faced at European Wax Center. You know, we know what to do to be ahead of those things already. So I think that's the one and a half decades of franchisor expertise that I bring to the table with, you know, to, to help Doug to avoid all those mistakes out of the gate. That's my intention. Will we make mistakes along the way? Of course. But the beauty of it is, is that we're going to adapt and make the changes. Now, what got me into Ohm Fitness um, had to do with me being in retirement and wanting something bigger for my family. I wanted my children to see me working. I wanted them to see what it is to build something and be a part of something. And so when Ohm Fitness presented and I felt good about the concept, was excited about it, I said, okay, I'm ready to go. I had one last box to check and that was that my wife had to be excited about it too because this time I wanted to do something with my wife. Uh, last time I did it with my brother and this time I wanted to do something with my wife. And so we did the workout and she loved it as well. I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's just go full speed ahead. And you know, even to your question, just to answer a little further, European Wax Center, I realized in my retirement what I loved about European Wax Center was the beginning. I loved growing it. I loved learning. I loved making changes and we could implement them tomorrow. European Wax Center got so big that simple changes took six months to make. And that started to frustrate me and stifle me. And that's why I retired five years ago. I retired two years before my brother just because, and I explained to him, the business is too slow for me and I need to move faster. And so when I got the opportunity to work with Doug, it was actually more attractive to me that he only had one location than if he would have had 20 or 50 or 100. It was more attractive to me that he had only one and I could be a part of modifying, growing, adapting, and doing all the fun stuff that I loved about business to be. That's fantastic. And before we kind of really focus and hone in on Ohm, 
for people who maybe aren't super familiar with uh, some of the brands being thrown around, I mean, so Doug has, you know, worked as an executive uh, effectively at Orange Theory and Massage Envy, which both 1100 plus unit systems. So uh, tons of growth experience there. And Josh, European Wax, right? That's a public company that, right? That gets on the still traded publicly on the stock exchange. Correct. It's a publicly traded company on the NASDAQ. We Last year in August, we went public. We are about 900 and something locations open with another 300 and something licenses under development. So uh, we're also another brand north of a thousand locations for Doug to put under his belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I say that just so uh, folks have an understanding that, you know, um, y- you guys have taken brands from really A to Z. Um, so it's not the first time around the block for either of you uh, when it comes to Ohm. So Looking at, at Ohm, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I obviously write with my newsletter and stuff, cover a lot of franchises and uh, especially emerging ones. And um, boutique fitness is a hot, hot area of franchising, right? You know, you got exponential fitness, always buying up newer brands. And then you have, uh, I mean, even though they've only been around for really like 10 to 12 years, but you have your Orange Theories and F45s that are probably like the blue chip type franchises in this space. So yeah, I guess just as a starting point, like, as an industry, you know, how did you look to differentiate from the get-go in what is becoming a bit of a crowded space? Yeah, so this idea for Ohm Fitness is extremely unique, right? When we when you look at the conversation, and, and to back up real quick, Ohm Fitness is an EMS franchise, and that stands for Electro-Muscle Stimulation, which in America, if you were to pull Americans, you know, coast to coast, there's probably 1% of the population, and that's probably being a bit generous, there's probably 1% that understands what EMS is. But even then, they might not have an understanding of how it can be used the way Ohm Fitness is using it, right? And so we're really a niche within a niche. And so, uh, yes, the space for boutique fitness is crowded. But what we really love is that our offer is so unique. It has an ability to kind of punch through that noise. And electro-muscle stimulation, we believe, is the next generation of fitness. I think it will reshape the way people view their involvement in a fitness conversation. And so we love being in the boutique fitness space. We think that we punch through the noise and we've got a really powerful offer. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's dive into, I guess, EMS because, you know, for myself, uh, I am definitely not in the 1% that understands that. <laughs> um, I did have an <laughs> athletic background, played soccer growing up. Uh, and then, you know, when I played in college, had access to better facilities. If, if you got injured, they'd put like, um, we just called it stim. It was some machine patched you up and it like made your muscles twitch, but it apparently helped you heal quicker. So that's what I think of when I when you say electro electro muscle stimulation um, is is that the kind of technology being used or is it am I totally off there? So the underlying concept is that right we're using technology to stimulate your muscle tissue to contract your muscle tissue more efficiently than you can do on your own right and what's great is Ohm Fitness has just leveraged technology that's been around for 60 years. Now, EMS is very popular in Eastern Europe, and you'll see EMS studios uh, in Europe. So there's some interesting parallels between European Wax Center and Ohm Fitness in that these were things that existed out in the universe. They were just brought stateside, refined and organized in a way that people hadn't done before. So electromuscle stimulation. Uh, we have what we call the Empower body suit. And within this body suit, there are 20 plus 
electrical pads that rest upon about 90% of your major muscle groups. And typically when you're in a gym and you're doing a, a bicep curl, it's your brain that is sending the signal through your central nervous system. And then it reaches your muscle and causes your muscle to contract. But what's causing your muscle to contract is a small electrical pulse. And so all we're doing with the Empower Body Suit is we're taking what the brain normally does and we're doing it more efficiently. If you're in the gym, you can do about one contraction per second. The Empower Body Suit delivers about 85 pulses per second. And the second thing that's uh, very interesting is when you're in the gym, you're doing a bicep curl, you're really thoroughly activating maybe 55% of that muscle compound. Well, when the Empower Body Suit fires, it's firing 95%. So in a 25-minute session, you're able to work your muscles as if you were really focusing hard and concentrating in a gym for about three hours. So 25 minutes is the equivalent of about three hours of intense workout, not the, you know, TikTok video kind of workout where you're, you're kind of goofing off. But if you were really <laughs> heads down, focused for three hours, you can check that box in 25 minutes with Ohm Fitness. So it's really interesting. Yes, it's like stim, but it's like an all over body stim. I would just add the, aside from all the benefits that Doug just talked about, about the, the time value and the benefit, the true benefit is that you're able to get these results without wear and tear to your body, your joints, your ligaments. You're not destroying your body. And back to your point about boutique fitness being crowded, one of the things that got me really excited about is that I saw this as a disruptor. And I do see it as the future of fitness. And what's so special about it is that if you really do think about boutique fitness as a whole, you name some amazing brands, Orange Theory, F45, there's Rumble, there's Mayweather Boxing, there's Rise Nation, if you can do a climber for an hour. But when I really started looking at this crowded boutique space, first I had two thoughts. One is, how do I feel about my ability to compete in a crowded boutique space? I feel pretty confident in my ability to compete against anyone in any space. So that, I ruled that out as a concern. Second concern, how does this business different than the other boutique fitnesses in the space? How is it different? Well, in addition to everything Doug just said, I started realizing, because I feel like I'm an average American. I'm not super strong. I'm not super weak. I'm not fast. I'm not slow. I don't have a lot of stamina, but I, I don't have no stamina. I'm in the middle. And I look through the window of a Barry's Boot Camp and Orange Theory and F45, and I say, there's no way I can do that workout. I won't even walk in. And I think I represent the majority of Americans. And so then I started thinking, wait a minute, all of these boutique fitnesses are geared towards a very, very small percentage of Americans. And through my own assessment, basically 18 to 38 year olds in peak shape. And if you're not 18 to 38 year old in peak shape, even if you're 40 years old in peak shape, after 40 years old, your body's less forgiving. I don't know how old you are as the host, but I can tell you once you hit 40, you look under 40, but once you hit 40, your back's going to bother you, your shoulder's going to bother you, your knee's going to bother you. And the bottom line is I have friends who are in impeccable shape in their 45s and they love that 45 <laughs> and they love orange theory and they keep using it and they keep getting injured. So either people can't do it or they get injured. And that got me thinking, wow, with EMS therapy, like you mentioned earlier, they use it for therapy. They use it for rehab. So we can have our exercise program is open to everyone. And even if you're someone in that peak group, 18 to 38 in peak shape, you can go into the, our facility and push yourself very hard and get an incredible, incredible workout without the damage to your ligaments, your bones, and your body. Yeah, I will say the, uh, like I saw on the website, I think it's, um, it's like a 25 minute workout class, which, um, yeah, I think that 
the shortest I've seen is like a half hour. Um, so, and actually, I don't even think I've seen a half hour. It's typically at least 45 minutes. So it's definitely more palatable from a workout perspective. So is the technology effectively, right? Like making, you know, you're exerting the same amount of energy, but it's just a more efficient workout because of the stimulation that's going on and basically giving you more bang for your buck out of whatever workout you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, keep in mind, it's 85 pulses per second. And you're spreading that out over a 25 minute period. So it doesn't feel like, you know, you're working for three hours in the gym, you leave there, you're feeling invigorated, energized, but you wake up the next morning and even the day after, and you fully appreciate the intensity of the workout you went through. It is intense. And so from a caloric burn and from a general results standpoint, everything is on par with these traditional uh, forms of fitness that you were talking about, except the wear and tear on the body. And another thing I'll add is when you go to a 60-minute HIIT class, you're in fight or flight for the full 60 minutes and your body's pumping cortisol. And we all know cortisol is good for keeping you alive when the tiger's chasing you, but it's not good for daily consumption, right? And so uh, we get the same results, but without the cortisol spike. So it's much easier on the body, not just on the bones, the ligaments, but from a hormone standpoint as well, you're not trashing your body with cortisol injection. Yeah. How'd you kind of come up with this? Like, did you, you, I think you mentioned earlier, it's somewhat prevalent in Eastern Europe. So can you give us like the origin story of, I'm going to assume that between your successes with, you know, massage ambience theory, et cetera, maybe you were just like, Hey, it's time to found my own brand. How'd you kind of eventually discover this technology and uh, get it launched? Yeah. So we established the European Wax Center connection. And so my wife and I were multi-unit uh, operators. We had 10 European wax in our locations, but I had a partner in those locations, Steve. And so Steve takes me to lunch in May of 2021. And we're going through the general agenda of things that you would talk about in the franchise space. And he says, Hey, I've got something for you. And he talks me through this thing called EMS. And I have to be honest with you, I was dubious in the beginning. I was a little skeptical, like, how is this possible? And, and what he had explained to me was EMS as it existed at that time, which was different than what we are going to market with. And, you know, what exists in the EMS space traditionally is um, a wired suit that is typically more of a personal training type of experience where you would put on a suit, uh, you would wet down your undergarment and then put on cuffs around your biceps, a vest around your chest, a waist belt, and then cuffs for your legs. And then a, a wiring harness would be plugged into a laptop and you would get a workout it was a great workout. It's an EMS workout. But what I couldn't see is how that could be a viable franchise. And so I left the meeting a little skeptical, but very intrigued, very interested, and just kind of set out on a journey to investigate the space. And what I saw after my investigation, after my due diligence was there was some emerging technology that allowed EMS to be used in a wireless capacity. And once I saw that, I realized that we had something that was very, very unique. You could capture the benefits and the efficiency of electromuscle stimulation, but do it in a group setting. And group training captures energy. You've got the spirit of collaboration with your teammates. And uh, to couple that with EMS seemed like uh, just a no-brainer for me and for the team. And so that was probably late May 2021. And we branded this thing Ohm Fitness, and it, we've been off to the races. We opened up the very first pilot studio in August of 2022. So there was a 
tremendous amount of work. And we always said from the beginning that Ohm Fitness was going to open its its first location and be ready for franchising on day one. And so that was the endeavor. And you know, while we were picking out the lighting structure and the branding strategy, we were also moving through FDD and and all of the the documentation process and, and standing up ops manuals so that we were ready for what we knew would be a tidal wave. And you know what? It was a great call because this thing seems to be a rocket ship ride. And certainly with Josh's involvement, it's heating up uh, exponentially. I'm catching you guys this early in the journeys. This will this will be fun to look back on. If it's FDD approved and all that, right? How many units have you sold? And, and you know, is there any specific region that you've been targeting? Yeah, so we're pursuing the area rep model, and you know, so far we've sold uh, Arizona, San Diego, okay. South Florida. Congratulations, Josh! Uh, and that's all the way from Miami up to Stewart, and we just closed uh, New Jersey. So if you take a look at those deals, and we've got another five deals behind, and DC, yes. And so if you take a look at those deals, you know, there's um, over 150 locations in a development pipeline, right? These ARs are now standing up their territories and actively moving deals through the pipeline. We just closed a three-pack here in Arizona about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And then we've got some activity happening in New Jersey. So this thing is starting to uh, build. It's like a flywheel, right? In the beginning, the momentum is slow and grindy, but once it catches fire, it becomes an unstoppable force. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. And not to get, again, I think it would fall on the lines of earnings claims, but, we, you know, I don't want to get into the specifics, but there are a lot of the area reps that are in legal right now. You know, we have a couple other deals that are in legal right now. And then, you know, we, we would have more potential, but we also have some blackout or unregistered areas that we're not registered in yet that we're working through. So once we get that out of the way, I'm sure we'll, we'll see even more growth. When it comes to the area rep model, can you kind of give folks uh, an idea of just what that looks like? Because it's not used by, you know, every franchise, right? I think the standard franchise model, it would be just, you got your franchisor, they'll sell to franchisees, and maybe they'll, they'll be uh, building out multiple units within a defined territory. But that's the hierarchy, right? It's franchisor to franchisee, whereas this area rep model puts someone in between that, per se. So. You know, the area rep model has been deployed by many brands, Subway, Orange Theory, Massage Envy, all the ones we mentioned, European Wax Center. But essentially that this particular model works is we award territory to different area reps. Very different than an area developer. An area rep is someone who represents corporate in that particular area. So they would purchase in, in a typical environment, let's just use an easy number. Let's say we think an area like uh, New Jersey, for example, let's say we think it holds 20 locations. We would award that territory for $200,000. And then the area rep shares in the royalties and the franchise fees from that point forward. So every time they sell a franchise, we split the franchise fee 50-50. And our royalty stream, which is a 6%, six points, uh, two and a quarter points go to the area rep and three and three quarter points go to corporate. And essentially the area rep becomes the sales force in that particular area and they're the support structure. So we work directly with the area reps to train them how to open, well, first of all, they have to open their own locations first. But once they're up and running, then they start awarding licenses to uh, qualified franchisees. We teach them how to go through our site selection process, how to support the franchisees through their grand opening, how to do ongoing support and all those other facets that franchisor would have. The franchisee is our franchisee and the franchisee follows our system and the area rep follows the system that we put in place for them to represent us in. And that's basically how it works. So once we put these area reps in place, 
they're all opening their own studios. And then they're also in process of selling awarding licenses to qualified franchisees to open more studios within their territory. It's a great model. I feel like it allows you as a franchisor to do more with less, right? As assuming you're picking kind of experienced and, and just, you know, top performing area reps, right? Because they're kind of taking on that development and franchisee empowerment, right? In all these different local markets. Well, to st- yes, yes. You need to find seasoned, uh, qualified area reps to take on that role. And that goes back to your original question about lessons learned. You know, I have a whole Rolodex of people that I work with in the past that have, since they found out I was a part of Home Fitness, have almost literally, I've gotten so much response from previous franchisees that have such a good experience with me in the past. They're like, hey, if you're doing something new, I want to learn about it. I want to be a part of it. Okay, well, that's fantastic. But your question earlier, what's something I learned early on that I want to, that I might be able to apply? Well, I've worked with all the people who are asking me and some of them I don't want to work with again. (laughs) And so some of them are not being invited to be part of OM because my experience with them was not stellar um, and I don't want to go down that road again. So I do have the benefit of this large Rolodex of people who want to work with me and being able to cherry pick the best ones. I'm curious too, uh, and this comes more from my development experience where, you know, we worked with emerging franchisors and um, none of them were doing area rep models. But, you know, we kind of had a, which, you know, probably wasn't the best uh, strategy, but we were a small startup. So, you know, limited resources. So we did, we did our best. But uh, when we were trying to find franchise operators for any one of our brands, uh, you know, it was, we used a lot of digital tactics, you know, just Instagram ads, Facebook ads, um, select websites where we felt targeted our potential franchisees the best. But when it comes to an area rep model, right, since the area reps are then almost taking on behalf that sales and marketing efforts to find franchisees, you know, are they kind of going out like pounding the pavement in, in an old school kind of way to find franchisees or are they ways you guys can geo target, you know, say for the New Jersey area rep? I don't know the specific way that all area reps go about their, like in the world of franchise, there's a lot of area reps out there. I don't know the way they all specifically go about it. The ones that I'm bringing on board, they already have their own Rolodex of people that they've brought on to other brands that have had successful and great experiences with them over decades. And so when I bring on area rep A, I'm pretty confident he has three or four people or five or six people below him that those people are coming on automatically right after as well. And I just want to reiterate, because you mentioned something about your startup and cash issues and, you know, capital. The area rep model is an amazing growth model, but it also yields a lot of cash flow to franchisor to further invest in the brand. So a quality franchisor, like when my brother and I were growing European Wax Center, I tell this story all the time. We had 100 locations open. We had 250 licenses in development. And my brother and I were still sharing a one-bedroom apartment. Oh, boy. And that is because I had planned to get to a thousand locations or more. And I knew that the business's needs came before mine. Yeah. And so it's just the same thing with this area rep model is that like, if a good franchisor is in place, a bad franchisor will take all this area rep money and who knows what they do with it. You know, uh, a good franchisor takes this area rep money and invests in improving the brand, improving the model, improving the equipment, improving the inventory, improving the products that we offer our customers. And so that's what Doug and the guys are doing. That's what we're doing. So we'll, every dollar that comes in, it'll, we'll put it right back out into improving the brand. And that's what European Waxner did. And you've got to keep pushing the train and keep pushing the momentum. And then it catches up. 
But in the beginning, you got to put all you have into it. The scrappy founder mindset. Um. <laughs> well, I'm an entrepreneur. My dad was a hairstylist who owned his own hair salon. And I remember being like literally five years old and my dad would walk us around the block. My dad would be like, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'm like, I don't know. Well, what do you like? I'm like, candy. He goes, good. So you're going to own a candy store. Never sell the candy. You have to own the candy store. I'm like, okay. <laughs> five years old. <laughs> you know, but like I grew up in a mindset of like, you got to be the boss. You got to do whatever it takes. My dad, we grew up, my dad, the business came before everything, everything. And I had nights where my brother and I shared spaghetti with no red sauce. Because the red sauce was just too expensive. And and we still had 100 <laughs> locations. I had I was still in that one bedroom. I'm like, eh, red sauce tonight, whatever. No red sauce. Butter with salt and pepper. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, boy. But Doug, even though he's not like, his work ethic is, it's there. That's where his mindset is. I had, that was part of my investment was like, hey, where's your head? Are you liking slow? Are we moving fast? Are we going to get things done? You're going to, a 24-7, this is a non-sleep job. Yes, I'm committed. I'm done. I'm ready. I'm trying to do something for myself and for my family, for our future. And, and and I said, okay, I love it. Let's do it. Go big or go home. I like it. There's plenty of benefit. There's plenty of reward down the road. It's probably not even discussed enough that the success of European Wax Center probably really lied most on my brothers and I's ability not to take things for ourselves. Yeah. And to put the business first. Most people in our position would have already been living in their, their lifestyle. <laughs> you know? For sure. That's right. But we didn't. We delayed. You know, I, I'm like torn on the impact of, say, a show like Shark Tank, which I love and I watch. But I do think it's it probably contributes to like uh, a success bias because you really only see the entrepreneurs that end up getting funded. But anyway, there's a good clip of um, Robert Hershevik talking about how, like, as a founder, you really have to like cash is the lifeblood of a business. Like business is like a living, breathing entity. And every dollar you take out, that is something that could have gone to the business to help it grow. Um, so yeah, when when you were talking about that, that's just that's just where my head was going. But um, do you have specific ambitions for the brand? I know we're you know we're not even six months into since this first studio is opened, but long term, right? You've you've seen brands between your time with European Wax, Massage, Envy, Orange Theory grow rapidly. Uh, take on investments from private equity and or in the case of EWC, go public. You know, do you have a specific ambition for Ohm long term, right? Like, do you see this as something you want to run for as long as possible? Uh, is there exits in mind? Uh, you know, have you thought kind of that that far through it yet? Well, I'm a minority shareholder. And I honestly speaking, I don't I don't ever need to sell. Um, so I leave it to Doug. Uh, this is his baby. He's the founder. Yeah. I try to give him the same respect and courtesy that I wanted as a founder when I brought on my first partner and whatever. So it's Doug's to call. But uh, for me, I'd like to hold it forever. But I leave it to Doug. <laughs> well, for us, I mean, the only job that we're focused on right now is getting this right, right? Building a brand that takes care of our franchisees. One of the cool things that I've been able to witness throughout my career is franchisors changing the lives of their communities. They're folks that have come in to invest, the franchisees. The area reps, you know, John Leonesio at Massage Envy used to talk about all the millionaires he created, right? And it's true. You know, he was very proud of that. And so for me, that's job number one. We got to get this right. We got to build the network that is successful and really getting their return on their investment and having a good time while doing it. We want this to be a fun, energetic brand. There's so much about home fitness that is 
is next level. The energy, the the technology, it's all new. And I think our community is going to vibrate that. And that's what my number one focus is. Now, having said that, I know that in the life cycle of these concepts, exits happen. And so, you know, we're we're no different than anybody else that, you know, down the road, provided we get all those things right, there's a conversation about an exit. And I think that's natural. And, and that's something that we'd be open to. But right now, man, it's all hands on deck to get this yeah. thing right. Yeah, you can't even really be thinking about an exit until you get it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with European Wax Center, honestly, when we finally did our private equity deal where we gave over control, my brother and I talked to each other and we're like, yeah, we they can't mess it up at this point. <laughs> There's still three years worth of licenses sold that have to open. So the company's going to continue to grow at the pace that it's been growing. We've built such a solid group of franchisees. We feel like they can't mess it up. It can only grow for three more years. And we felt financially stable that even if they somehow turned the business down to zero, we were fine. So, you know, I think making sure that the people you've brought on and that they're kind of taken care of and that things are going right before you walk away is important. It was for me anyway. Yeah, it's almost like... uh just building that strong team to prevent and lower, I guess, as much as possible, the chance of a failure, even if there is a change of control. Yeah. And it was very family and it still is a very family oriented thing for me. I, I made relationships that last my whole lifetime in that in European Wax Center. Like Doug said, I didn't really think of it in terms like that. But people came in one financial situation and are leaving much, much wealthier because of it. And, you know, we have changed people's lives. And that's probably why there's such good you know, goodwill with me with a new concept. People are like, hey, I want to see what's going on. Like, you know, you changed my life once, let's change it again. And I'm excited to work with people again. You know, I was telling Doug, like, I thought I was going to get involved with him on like a 10% of my time type of thing, like a minority. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know that I can come out of retirement and work like I used to. But like I was telling another friend of mine, I guess I don't really have a dimmer switch. I'm just on or I'm off. I, I, don't, know, <laughs> I don't know how to do 10%. I tried I, for like a half an hour and I was like, okay, it doesn't work. And so now I'm texting Doug at, you know, he's three hours behind me. I accidentally text him at two in the morning, three in the morning sometimes because I'm up at six and my brain is going crazy of all the things I want. I, I, so I moved to email now, though. The sad thing is, is I'm answering him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was known for that in European Wax Center. People would be like, you send me a message at two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning. I'm like, I don't stop, man. I, when I, if I'm up, I do it. I get it done. I don't care. Yeah. My digital leash has rung me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, look, uh, kind of to wrap up here, and I mean, if there is a specific franchisee that you're looking for, you know, we have a, a, a pretty decent audience that this goes out to. What kind of, uh, if you have a target franchisee, um, you know, have you kind of uh, drilled down that demographic of uh, maybe ideal level of experience or, or anything else? Um, yeah, we're really looking at for folks that um, have experience, first and foremost, multi-unit experience is a major plus plus. We want folks that can hit the ground running that don't have to learn what franchising is all about. And so that's why, you know, my Rolodex, Josh's Rolodex, Steve's Rolodex, it's so powerful because we're in league with folks that have been there, done that. And so we're looking for more of those types of folks that can come in and really take home fitness to the next level, right? And execute on the vision, right? And so we want folks that uh, are excited about that. And to that point, you know, just further to that point, even back to a learning lesson from your original question, you know, we're awarding three minimum uh, to qualified individuals because I found in the European Wax Center system that the individual franchisees that own just one location end up like what Doug just said, they don't have the experience, blah, blah, blah. They end up being the most work. 
So then you find yourself allocating all your energy and all your efforts to these individual unit owners. And the ones who have three, four, five, 10, 20, they don't need half of your attention. They don't even need half of that much of attention. So, you know, with OWN, we're trying to limit that mistake uh, and get more seasoned people with franchise experience and get people who are, you know, financially stable to open at least three. Now, it's, uh, it's a smart strategy. And uh, I think especially early on, right, it's, it's so critical to get those, um, you know, set that foundation strong for your first franchisees. So, um, yeah, look, guys, uh, w- wishing you all the best um, with Ohm. It sounds like you're off to a fantastic start. Thank you. But yeah, I guess, um, you know, Doug, is there anywhere uh, online where people can follow along your journey or just the Ohm Fitness brand? Yeah, we're across all major socials, as you can imagine. But, you know, check in at ohmfitness.com. That's our main site. Ohm Fitness Studios on Instagram is another great place to catch us as well. And uh, stay tuned. Awesome. All right. Yeah, well, uh, look, folks, we'll, we'll plug the Instagram and the website in the show notes if you want to check it out. And if you're a multi-unit franchisee, definitely don't hesitate to get in touch with these guys. Well, uh, yeah, look, Doug and Josh, thanks again for coming on the show. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks, Wolf. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Franchise Empires. We're coming to you soon with actionable insights to take the next step on your franchise journey. So make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. Listen.